Welcome to the e-commerce badassery podcast, the place for scrappy female entrepreneurs who want to learn actionable steps and strategies to grow the traffic, sales, and profit in your e-commerce business. I'm your host, Jessica Totillo Coster, a 20-year retail veteran who spent three years as the only employee of a seven-figure online store. That shit was crazy. I know exactly how it feels to do all the things, and I'm sharing everything I learned the hard way so you don't have to. I may have started this business by accident, but supporting badass bosses like you lights me the fuck up, and I am so stoked to see you grow. Are you ready, babe? Let's roll. Welcome back to the e-commerce badassery podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Totillo Coster. Today's episode has been a long time coming, and to be completely transparent, I've been hesitant to get too deep on the process because while I know it and can do it, sometimes it's harder to articulate. I'm going to do my best, so stick with me here and expect that you're going to have to listen to this episode more than once. When it comes to running your product-based business, one of the most complicated parts is managing your inventory. This is especially true if you have a wide assortment of product like a clothing boutique or if you have long manufacturing lead times. Have too little inventory? You miss out on sales. Have too much? You have no cash flow. It truly is a delicate balance and honestly, you'll probably never get it perfect, but you sure can try. And it's important you know this stuff as an e-commerce CEO, so I'm really glad you're listening to this episode. I will say though, managing inventory is definitely one of those positions you're likely going to want to hire out for at some point. Now, if you're a one product store, maybe you'll never have to do that. But if you're one of those that do have a lot of different SKUs, I would definitely consider it. And if you're not sure if it's time to hire someone, here are a few telltale signs. You're constantly running out of your best sellers. You're making a lot of revenue, but you never seem to have any cash available in the business. You seem to have a lot of items that are collecting dust in your warehouse, or you don't even know what you have in your warehouse right now. If any of this is true for you, make sure you keep listening to this. Even if you're thinking you want to hire someone to manage it for you, it's still important that you understand the concepts and calculations so you can keep your eye on how that person is performing. One disclaimer before we get started. We're not going to go through every last detail about inventory management. That's more than we can do in a podcast episode. But the concepts I'm going to share with you today are the most important and are going to get you off to a really great start. Additionally, when it comes to how you apply these concepts to your business, there are going to be some nuances depending on the products you sell, the seasonality of your business, and the type of business you want to have. I'll do my best to give examples of how these would apply to multiple different business types, but remember that there really are no hard and fast rules here. These are meant to be guideposts in your decision making. Take these calculations, these numbers, your knowledge of your business, and a bit of intuition to make the best possible inventory decisions. All right, let's get into some calculations. So the first number I want you to start wrapping your head around, especially if you're a boutique selling a lot of different categories, is your sales by department. Then I want you to look at the inventory you have on hand and on order by department and compare those numbers. Let's run through an example. 
Let's say you look at your sales for the last 90 days and your departments are broken out into tops, denim, bottoms, and accessories, and your percentages are as follows. Tops, 40%, denim, 20%, bottoms, 10%, accessories, 30%. Now, let's look at your on-hand and on-order inventory, and that breaks out like this. Tops, 20%, denim, 40%, bottoms, 20%, and accessories, 20%. What do you think will happen in this scenario? Now, if we assume all other variables stay the same, seasonality, customer behavior, etc., here are a few key takeaways. You are wildly underbought in tops, and you will likely sell out and be unable to keep up with demand. You're probably overbought in denim and bottoms, Denim might not be as detrimental since there are so many different styles, washes, sizes, and it has a pretty long shelf life. But when it comes to other bottoms that are generally seasonal, it's likely you'll have to mark some items down to move through them. And accessories are also underbought and you will have difficulty keeping up with demand. Now, one thing to note here is that the insights you'll gain from this process are only as good as the categorization you use in your business, and there's no perfect way to do this. It's going to depend on your business and product assortment, but let's run through some more examples. What I gave you was a very basic set of categories, tops, bottoms, denim, and accessories. Now, if you're a smaller business, that might be fine, but the bigger you are, generally the more granular you're going to want to get. For instance, you might want to break down your tops into subclasses or sub-departments such as knits versus wovens, sweaters, graphic tees, long-sleeve tees, etc. These different subclasses are likely to sell at different rates and have seasonal fluctuations too. Here's another example. I have a client who sells yarn alongside knitting accessories, patterns, and books. But yarn comes in so many different fibers that tracking them all under one category is not going to give them nearly enough insight. What if you sell phone cases and other phone accessories like chargers, ring lights, and little wallets that stick on the back of the cases? Do you think that tracking all phone cases in one department is going to be good enough? Probably not. You've got multiple different manufacturers and phone generations you need to be able to look at those much more granularly. Okay, let's take this department sales a step further so we can take things like seasonality into account. The first thing I would recommend here is to record the sales by department month over month for the last 12 months and put them all in an Excel sheet column after column. This will help you identify patterns in your department sales. If you're looking at a more granular set of data, you will probably see things like sweaters and long sleeves peak later in the year, graphic tees are likely steady throughout, and wovens will probably peak in the spring and summer. Once you see where those peaks and valleys are, you can start applying those same patterns to your wholesale purchases or your production. I'm going to give you a really simple example to illustrate this again, and then we're going to move on to the next calculation. Let's pretend you sell scented candles. Naturally, you are going to create more holiday scented candles in the fall and winter and more beachy or floral scented candles in the spring and summer. All right, the next calculation is called weeks of stock. And this is going to help you identify items you're overbought in and help you figure out how many units of something you need to reorder or produce. 
To simplify this calculation, we're going to assume we're dealing with an evergreen product, something that you sell over and over again that doesn't have a shelf life, that tried and true bestseller. If you are a one product store, this is going to be the most important calculation we do today. For the sake of the example, let's pretend we sell widgets. And on average, over the last 90 days, you sell 100 widgets per week. And let's say that you have 1,000 widgets on hand. We divide 1,000 on-hand widgets by the 100 that you sell per week, and that means you have 10 weeks of stock on hand. So is that good or bad? Neither. It's relative to your products, your lead times, your business, and industry. For example, let's say your manufacturer produces your widgets to order, which means it takes 15 weeks from the time you place your order to when you receive them. In that case, you don't have enough stock and you're likely to sell out because at your current rate of sales, you'll be sold out before you can get that replenishment order, even if you were to order it right now. On the flip side, let's pretend your manufacturer holds stock in these widgets and can ship thousands of units immediately. So your lead time is only one week. Let's say two weeks to allow for delays and to give yourself enough time to actually receive the inventory and make it available for purchase. In that case, you're actually overbought and you have a lot of money tied up in inventory that you could be spending on other things like marketing or just having more money to pay yourself. Even if you wanted to leave yourself some safety stock for an unexpected spike in sales and you kept 500 widgets on hand, you still have twice the amount of units that you need. Now, in this example, we're talking about an evergreen item. So being overbought isn't a huge deal. You can just wait a bit before you place your next order. But what if you have a seasonal business or a seasonal product? What if it's August 1st and you have 10 weeks of stock of shorts? That stock, in theory, would last you beyond October. And by August 1st, your current rate of sales in that item is likely slowing down. In that case, you're going to want to mark those items down so you can move through them. What if something is moving too fast and you're not going to have inventory to support it, like in the first widget example? What do you do? How do you slow down the rate of sales? In that case, you might want to actually raise the price or you can bring in something similar that would take some of the attention away from that first item. What if you're a boutique that sells lots of different SKUs and you bring in new merchandise all the time? Looking at weeks of stock at the item level is probably not necessary and will be total overkill. So you can go back to the categories we talked about earlier. But then what about the yarn store that I mentioned? We know looking at it by one big category of yarn is too general. But if they looked at every individual skew of yarn, that could be a nightmare because they have a lot of skews. What if they looked at it by subclass, by fiber? Well, that could work. But they also have a handful of SKUs that are their biggest and best sellers. So if they lump those in with the fiber category that they belong to, they might end up sold out of their best-selling items. So in a case like that, I would pull out those best-selling yarns, look at them individually, while looking at the rest by the fiber subclass. Does that all make sense? Like I said at the beginning of this episode, there are no hard and fast rules. So you have to take these concepts and apply them to your specific business. All right, before we move on, I want to touch on another way to look at your inventory at more of a high level overview 
and how those inventory numbers compare to your sales goals. Let's do some more math. Let's pretend you currently do about 20K in revenue per month and going into Q4, you regularly see an increase in sales of 20%. So in the months of October through December, you expect to do 24,000 per month. So the question is, how much inventory do we need to have in order to hit those sales goals? Well, at least $72,000 at retail, right? 24K per month for three months. And when I say at retail, I just mean the price you sell it at, not the price you buy it for or make it. But what if you plan on doing a big sale for Black Friday where you're giving a 20% discount for three days? Well, that discount is going to effectively decrease the amount of revenue you can generate from the inventory that you have. So really, you need to have a bit more than 72. Plus, you know you're not going to sell out every single unit you have. Depending on your products and customers, the smalls and mediums will go faster, the best sellers will go faster, and you'll have some other items that don't move so quickly or don't sell at all. So look, I'm not telling you to go drop $72,000 on inventory in one shot. Please don't do that. (laughs) But this is just to illustrate how these two numbers relate to each other. And then, of course, the opposite might happen. Maybe you look at your on-hand and on-order inventory for that period and you see you have $200,000 at retail. In that case, you're probably overbought and you probably want to cancel some orders. Whichever direction you end up in, over or under, you'll want to take it a few steps further, using the department sales percentage and the weeks of stock to pinpoint where you need to make those adjustments. Don't just go buying additional inventory or marking down products without looking deeper into it. All right, let's talk about inventory replenishment. The first thing I want you to remember is that in most cases, you only need to replenish what you sold. When you're trying to decide how much money you have to spend on inventory, look at your cost of goods sold for the previous time period. Let's stick with the 20K example, and we'll say you have an average gross margin of 60%. So for every $100 in inventory you sell at retail, it costs you $40. In that case, the cost of goods sold on the 20K in revenue would be $8,000. So when you're placing new orders, you essentially have $8,000 to spend on that new inventory. Before you go placing orders, though, you're going to want to go back to that department sales percent and allocate that 8K accordingly. So using those same department percentages from earlier, here's how that would break out. Tops, which are 40% of your sales, you would want to spend $3,200 of your inventory budget. Denim at 20% of sales, that would give you $1,600. Bottoms at 10% would give you $800. And accessories at 30% would give you $2,400. But this isn't always a perfect science. As we mentioned earlier, denim comes in so many different styles, washes, and sizes, and they're typically more expensive. So you might have to put a bit more of your budget there in order to ensure you actually have a solid assortment of product. And accessories are typically smaller and less expensive. So maybe you don't need to spend all of that budget on accessories and can allocate some of that to your denim buy. You'll also want to think about the seasonality. If you're going into summer, you probably don't want to fully restock in denim because your sales are going to slow down. Or if you're looking at a sweater category and you're at the end of winter, it doesn't make sense to fully buy back into sweaters because you only have a few weeks left to sell them. 
Refer back to that spreadsheet we created earlier where you put your department sales month over month for the last 12 months. You'll want to allocate your buys in the same pattern that was revealed in that spreadsheet. And one other thing to keep in mind, if you have solid inventory overall, you don't necessarily have to spend every last available dollar on inventory. Consider holding some of that back so you can react to trends or replenish something that sells out really quickly as soon as it hits the sales floor. One more calculation before we go, and that's sell-through rate. This is the rate at which an item sells in a given period of time. It's somewhat similar in theory as weeks of stock, but it's different because it informs you of how well something is moving, how popular it is, and whether or not you should buy more. The way to calculate this is by dividing the number of units sold by the number of units received. Then you just multiply by 100 to get the percentage rate. So let's say you got 12 units of a particular style and you sold 10 of them. That means you have an 83% sell-through rate. That sounds really good, right? Shit, you might have to buy more. Well, that depends. How long did it take you to sell those 10 units? Was it in a week or three months? Those results are wildly different based on the time frame that you're looking at. For a boutique that turns and burns inventory quickly with customers coming back every week to see what's new, selling 10 units in three months likely means it was a bad buy and should have been marked down. For a home improvement store that holds goods for a long time, 83% sell-through rate in three months probably means they need to order more. If they go and look at their weeks of stock calculation, that would tell them a lot more. But what if you're the boutique who did sell through 83% of their stock in a week? Then what do you do? Well, then you're going to want to order more of the same item or something very similar. In many cases, the second order of the same item never seems to sell as well as the first, though. Have you ever noticed that? In all the years I've worked in brick and mortar and had my boutique, there are only a handful of items I can think of that I was really able to sell out over and over again unless it was a basic or a staple, of course. That doesn't mean you never replenish the same item. It just means you do it with caution. And just because you sold through your first pack in a few days doesn't mean you should then go and buy five packs of that item. So what if you determine that the sell-through rate is not so great? What do you do? If it's an evergreen type item, you probably just need to give it more attention or hold out knowing it will eventually sell. And just make sure you don't order any additional units until you get down to your target weeks of stock number. If you're a clothing boutique or it's a more seasonal type item, then I want you to ask yourself why. Is it because it's just not a good item and people don't want it or has it not gotten much attention? If you already did a good job of showing it off and customers just didn't bite, then mark it down. You want to mark things down as soon as you realize it's a dog. If it's been sitting around for 180 days, you waited too long. If you think maybe it hasn't quite gotten the attention it deserved, then consider spending a week marketing it first. And then if it still hasn't picked up, mark it down. Most retailers typically take markdowns every six weeks or so with the first markdown being 30% off of the retail price. Then you can do a second markdown at 50% if it's still not selling. And then for your end of season blowout, go down to wholesale or even a little bit lower. Just get in the habit of marking things down in an effort to move them. You want to free up that cash and invest it into something that will sell and make you money. 
As I've said probably multiple times throughout this podcast, there are little to no hard and fast rules when it comes to managing your inventory. It's part art, part science. It takes some math, some intuition, and data. The earlier you are in your business, the harder this is to do. The longer you've been around, the more accurate you will get, and there are so many variables that can affect this, like supply chain issues, changes in customer behavior, weird weather patterns. All of this to say, don't get discouraged if you start running these numbers and realize you're off. Take small steps to get your inventory where you need it to be, and then pay closer attention to it moving forward. Hopefully this helped clarify some things for you, and hopefully I did a good enough job explaining it all. If you feel like you need a bit more one-on-one support here, book a strategy call with me. We can dig into the numbers together and get you moving in the right direction. Thank you so much for hanging out with me today, and I'll see you on the flip side, friend. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you like what you heard, I'd be so grateful if you'd leave a review on Apple Podcasts and don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And if you're looking to surround yourself with more product entrepreneurs who totally get your life right now, get your booty on over to the e-commerce badassery Facebook group. Can't wait to see you there. Until next time, e-commerce friends, stay badass.